Hallelujah. Derek, good news. And death shall have no dominion. Wes, I'm glad you're doing better, man. Tough night, maybe, eh? Here we are. Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. There's a lot in life that we can talk about and proclaim. Um... Iris told me Wendy's is opening. We're getting a Wendy's. How about that? Very good. About the 12th, you say? Very good. I'm all for it if you're in for that sort of thing. And um, I noticed somebody, we had a security sign-up sheet out there. I noticed somebody signed Billy Dillard up, or Bobby Dillard up. Oh, something strange happened to me this morning, and I would like to furthermore begin with that. Um, I had an office visit, and then I came in late. Mike was coming off of the podium, and I didn't have my glasses with me, and I was looking for Marla, and I knew she had black. She had a black dress on her, and the hairstyle was the same. And I came and sat right over there next to uh, Henry and Jane. Henry wasn't there, and I, I looked. It was Jane. I, something's wrong here. But uh, you do look a lot like Marla. You know what I'm trying to say here. Tonight, a little while, just a little bit. The gospel is not for everyone. But it is for anyone. The gospel is not for everyone, but it is for anyone Uh, It is written in the prophet Isaiah 52 and verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountain is him that brings good news. The apostle Paul would later take it up in Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. By the way, tonight we're in Romans chapter 10 and verse 15. And he changed the pronoun from him to those. And here's how it goes. How beautiful are the feet of of those who bring good news. Good news. And I think what he had in mind was that in the church, we're all involved in the proclamation of the gospel, or we should be. We have the privilege to be. And um, may we love it proclaimed. May we love to proclaim it redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. And the reason he says how beautiful are the feet is the feet, that's a figure of speech, apart for the whole. The feet represent the whole soul of man, the whole soul of a Christian, huh? And the feet, where the feet go, you go. Where you go, the gospel goes. Where the gospel goes, 116, the power of God goes. Are you with me? And so tonight we're talking about the gospel. And it is very important, I think, that we get this. Kevin asked me here, what's going on? Well, we're in Romans tonight. And furthermore, what do you have in mind, Bob, uh, when you say, oh, hi, I love to proclaim it. Are you talking about Leslie? Yes. But I'm not just talking about Leslie. Uh, The churches of Christ have had pretty good pulpit fare. But evangelism is more than the assembly. It, It includes the assembly. I'm talking about song leaders like this guy and that guy. And those who sing out and proclaim and participate in the gospel and the song service. If If you sing, it doesn't matter how you sound, but just so you participate. I'm talking about people at the communion table 
and those who have uh, table talks who proclaim the gospel. I'm talking about Bible Bowl participants, Bible Bowl teachers and kids. I'm talking about Bible class teachers tonight, those who proclaim it every day from the kindergarten on up to the uh, 99ers. I'm talking about ladies class teachers like this girl and that girl. I'm talking about moms and dads who share Christ with their kiddies and then their teenagers. And uh, so don't be confused. It's not about a pulpit preacher. Now that's important, and I think that goes a long ways, but it's about you and you and you. It's about each member who is involved in proclamation. That would be important. Tonight, the language has a little bit of a review here. In Romans, I, I've talked beforehand about the terminology and the language of the gospel. Redemption is what we're talking about tonight, and that's the language of the marketplace, uh, where people gather, where they conduct their daily affairs in the ancient world, the agora, or the agora, and the agora uh, today might also include the internet in some sense of the word, or uh, meeting uptown. Um, I went into Porter's here about a week ago. I had been sick, and I, I thought, you know, I am hungry for a gumbo soup. You know gumbo soup? I only eat it twice a year, and I bought a little can of jalapenos to put in it. See, I must have been really sick. They said there's a fog after covid I don't know, but the rain is sometimes getting to me. But gumbo soup. And I noticed that a name brand was $4.39 for a can of soup. Have you ever thought? So what I did was I went with an off-brand for two-something. But $4.39, see, somebody's to blame. I tell people, well, you voted for it. They say, I didn't vote for it. Somebody did. Somebody's to blame. And when we talk about redemption, we're talking about justification, legal justification. When we talk about the, the salvation and the language of salvation, we're talking about reconciliation. There's another theological terminology, and that's about relationship. About being estranged and then being brought back as one and having the beauty, the beauty and the power and the loveliness of being in relationship and sacrifice. That's the language of worship. And finally, victory. We've uh, talked about that. Um, in order to further preface here our little remarks tonight, uh, I'd like to talk to you about Bob. When Before uh, Marla and I were married, we were dating. Uh, Bob was a member of the church where I was working as a single person. And he would, after working eight hours a day in construction, he'd come home. He said, Bob, let's go get supper. We'd go out to this restaurant called The Flame. Remember that, Marl? The Flame. And then he'd say, now, uh, let's go up the truck stop here, and I'm, I'm making some uh, contacts. We'd go up and hang around and have some free popcorn at the truck stop. And that was Bob's ministry. He said, come on over. I'll share, share with you what I do. Went over to his apartment. And he had World Bible School literature all over his living room. And uh, he has since married, but I don't know if he could get by with that now. But his whole living room was a World Bible class, World Bible School situation. And he had people from the Ivory Coast and all over the world that he was communicating with, teaching the gospel. That's his ministry 
And that is important. Another individual to preface the lesson, her name is Maxine. She was doing uh, know, the, know the Bible, Know Your Bible television program out of Wichita. I bet uh, the Wichita people know about it. Steve Tandy and following. And uh, I approached the church years ago and I, I said, now this will cost $10,000 a year. And they went for it and they've been doing it for like 25 years now said, I don't know how, what we did before we had this ministry, $10,000 a year. But Maxine, people would send in their Bible uh, information. She would grade it and send it back to them. And she had the highest return rate. And we're like, why does Maxine have so much contact with people and impact and impression on people? And other people don't have nearly the return. Maxine would write a little note on the return mail outs. And she'd say... An, an affirmation how important their soul was to her, and she's praying for them. And Maxine had this way of getting into people's lives. See? If you're open. If you're not teachable, you're not reachable, right? And so that would be important. Well, tonight, the letter to Romans develops the doctrine of salvation of mankind in terms of redemption, chapter 3 and verse 24. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles to 324. And uh, that's where I would like to begin. It's, it's what, the word redemption isn't all over the place, but it is in here in chapter 3 and verse 24. And so if you would take a look for yourself, and I'll read it here, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Where is it? The redemption is where? It is in Christ Jesus. Now, that is a little word, that little word N. It's a big preposition, though. It's a preposition of the date of case, and it means location. Where? In Christ Jesus. Now, the, uh, there's another uh, little preposition, in two, and that one is a preposition of motion. And if I were to tell you tonight a little illustration from West Texas, throw the goat head in the bucket. That would be the idea of into the bucket, of uh, a preposition of motion. Where? Throw it into. It's going into where? In the bucket. Now, once it's in the bucket, it's in. That is a location. And the date of case in this uh, regard talks about, it denotes the advantage or disadvantage of something, of being in this. Oh, I'm in turmoil. Well, that'd be a disadvantage. But if you're in Christ, that's a lovely advantage. And certainly there is no salvation outside of Jesus, Acts 4.12. Are you with me? And so tonight's presentation will explore this redemption in uh, a number of ways. Uh, tonight, turn to Romans chapter 1. I'm, I'm trying to stay within the context of Romans. See, I don't need to be hopping around to Ephesians and, and Colossians. Yes, I could because of the same author. But to keep the context, in chapter 1... Tonight, and I know there's something going on here in the congregation following, so I won't be long, but in chapter 1, verse 1, it's a gospel as a ministry. Paul says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. He's set apart for what? The gospel of God. There the gospel is a ministry. He's a minister of the gospel. Look with me in verse 15. 
So I am eager to preach the gospel. Here it is a message, the gospel message. It's a ministry. It's a message, verse 15. In the next verse, verse 16, we see it's a plan. For he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, there's not another one. It's a definitive gospel. And this is it, the gospel. It's a plan. And then 16b, for it is the power of God for salvation. There it's the power. It's a ministry. It's a message. It's a plan. And it is a power that God uses to leverage you out of the, the ways of hell and damnation through the wonderful good news. Well, we come to this idea, uh, as I was putting thoughts together, I would like to talk to you about a problematic aspect. You say, I have enough problems tonight, Bob. Well, here's another one for you, but you will not appreciate the gospel until you see and, and have some sense of the problem that's involved. Now, we've just quoted 324, that redemption is in Christ Jesus. But look at the prior verse. Look at verse 23, right preceding it. And it says, in chapter 3, and verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, that's a universal statement. For all have sinned. For as uh, dear as you are to me and you are to your spouse and your friends and, and all that business, at the end of the day, and this hails back to 3.9, look in 3.9, what then are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Gentiles, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. That is the way they should. And so here it is. So in order to understand the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, 324, you have to understand the previous verse, 323. And then you have to understand 39, that it's a universal condemnation. And that is what's going on here. It's a problem. See, there had to be a redemptive act. The Hebrew, the, the word flesh, see, that's the relative problem. God overcame it, Romans 8, 3. In the, the Savior, Jesus, he overcame it. But see, to appreciate and see where we've come from, that'll give us a sense of gratitude, if anything can give it. See, that's the reason you say, well, why can't God just forgive Derek? Why can't he just forgive Misha? Why can't he? Well, he can't snap his finger because Habakkuk 1.13, his eyes are too holy to behold the evil and sinfulness Furthermore, uh, in another place it's written, Nahum 1 and verse 3, I will by no means clear the guilty. I will by no means clear the guilty. There has to be a way in which God can remain just and the justifier of him that has faith in Jesus. How can God remain just? And that's where Jesus becomes what we know in the church as redemption. A pivotal point, the Redeemer. This is uh, out of Isaiah the prophet chapter 59, verse 20. And Paul will quote it in Romans 11 and 26. And staying within the context of the book of Romans, in chapter 11 and verse 26, uh, we have a very unique uh, quotation from the Old Testament, uh, at least a quotation or an allusion. And it goes like this. And in this way all Israel will be saved as it is written, 1126. Ready? 
The deliverer will come from Zion and will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. The deliverer. That's Messiah. The word in the text is Ruamanas, ho Ruamanas, the deliverer, and it comes from Ruamai, and it means the idea that he'll take care of it. And God will do, God will come and do for his people what neither they nor anyone else can do for them. Only God. And there he is on the cross, Matthew 27 and 43. And they said, come down from there if you are the son of God. Let your God deliver you. That's the word ruamai. Let him deliver you. Of course, he didn't come down now, did he? Thank God he didn't come down. He stayed with it. The program, or as we sing, he could have called 10,000 angels. But he stayed with it. There are three aspects to redemption tonight. I'm just going to touch upon them. Um, the very core of the idea of the word apolotrosis is uh, loosing. To loose. I think of Revelation 1 5 and other verses where we're, we're loosed from our sins. If that's what the word linguistically means, foundationally speaking, there are at least three and more connotations. And number one, redemption as ransom. Jesus himself put it this way Mark 10 45. For the Son of Man came not to. Uh, be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus himself embraced the concept of redemptive as, as redemption as ransom. And uh, we have uh, in the next number two a sense of substitutionary atonement. We often talk about Isaiah chapter 53, or at least at the Lord's table. I hear some of you speaking of it and how the Messiah, the servant of Yahweh, would be uh, somehow step in and do what we couldn't do by substitutionary satisfaction. He had, God had to be satisfied. The law had to be uh, satisfied for we're under curse. Galatians, Paul of Galatians. Sin indicts us. Sin, law, God had to be appeased. And there's an entire discussion about that. And in the third place, redemption is divine motivation. And some argue, well, you know, God had to take care of his honor. And uh, some have said, no, it's not about his honor. It's about his divine motivation of love. It's about how God does love us. And uh, love goes the way. Tonight I wanted to throw something in here. I'm not going to go into depth, but the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, Acts chapter 8, you know it. Uh, if you don't, get on it. And it's the conversion. And he was in the chariot reading from the prophet Isaiah. And uh, Philip approached him and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I accept someone guide me? And uh, then they went on. He preached Jesus to him. They went on a little further and he said, look, water. What, what hinders me from being baptized? Look, water. Now, today that's being suppressed. And it, there's no water in the plan, according to many church groups. But read the Bible. There's water in the plan. And I saw some on John this morning after he came out too. And so 
But what I would like to point out is he was reading from the prophet Isaiah chapter 53, but the chapter before 53, 52, is the very place, how beautiful upon the mountain of them is him that brings good news. And in chapter 52, the chapter right before 53, in verse 3, he talks about redemption. And it is that redemption and that gospel that gives way to chapter 53. I wanted to make the connection here uh, for you. Well, so tonight we haven't explored any passage in depth, but we've looked at it and scanned redemption. Oh, how I love to proclaim it. I could go on and on through the years about the Bobs and the Maxines and uh, even you among our number here, those of you who share in the community, It's not about social services, read the bulletin, but it is about being involved in people's lives and teaching the gospel to people. And so tonight, that would be important. Now, the question is, where is redemption? Romans 3.24, in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, we give you opportunity. The gospel is extended to you. His hands have been out, out all day long waiting for people to come your way, his way. So, number one, see your just damnation in the law. The law of sin and death, so the sins same shall die. And then turn your eyes on Jesus and see in Christ the substitutionary atonement. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And look to Jesus. And then thirdly, if you've become a baptized believer, then live it out, live it in the newness, and then redemption will go with you. You will talk it up. You'll want to talk it up all the way. The gospel is not for everyone, but it is for every, anyone. If you're subject to the gospel,